And I always tell people having a, a kid is not going to change anything. Well, why do you say that? That he did love oh, he did, oh, he did not love me. No way. <laughs> he didn't even know if he wanted to be with me. Okay? So we moved together for our child to try to make things work for our child. Hey, listeners. This is David of the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. And I am about to bring you the first ever baby mama episode with Nina, the ex-wife of my co-host, Clark. I hope you enjoy it. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> well, well, well. Looky, looky at this cookie. <laughs> so um you're all set up i guess you guess and you can see me well i can and i can hear you well so now i'm going to have to say something to him about why i can't hear him so well sometimes and he's staticky but before we get to that right um i just like to say to everybody who is listening and they're not listening now because this is pre-recorded. Uh, welcome to Single Dad, Why You Mad, right? <laughs> and um, I know we always say, right, that we have a special guest. We say that all the time, right? But today, we truly have <laughs> a special guest, right? Um, and uh, before we do that, right? Um, one of the things that I like to do is just talk about my week. So, um, and our weeks with respect to parenting. Okay. So, um, I'm going to say something real quick um, that I noticed, right? So I take my kid to school in the mornings, right? And there is this mom. She's not a mom. She's not a grandma. She's the great grandma who drops off this one kid while she drops off, um, while she brings the other kid, right? And she's the traditional great grandma, right? Not the new age great grandma, you know, where she got her hair done and then yeah. you know, only about 40 years old and she looked real, you know what I'm saying? No. Good great grandmas. Yeah. No, no, she's the real great grandma. Real deal. She's gotta be pushing seven, right? Um, and I'm saying to myself, and these kids do not listen to her, right? She's gotta pull them and tug on them and hold on them all the time. And I'm saying to myself, what happened in this family that his side of the family and her excuse me side of the family are unable to manage to get these kids to school in the morning mm. and, and great grandma has got to step in here so um what i really want to do is to congratulate or thank all the great grandmas and all the grandmas out there who step in when um mommy daddy auntie uncle brother, sister, and everybody else can't step in. Definitely. Okay. So with that, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. So I am, and I should, I didn't even, so <laughs> um, Melinda Clark, Chris Clark's ex-wife. Um, but I think I'm more than that. <laughs> I never like to say single mom. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Chris and I argue about this all the time. I'm a single lady, but I'm not a single parent or single mom. Chris is very involved with the kids, so, 
and he disagrees with that, but it's fine. But I have three beautiful children. I am a social worker and looking into uh, changing my career lately and just very, very weird dynamic people will call it with my ex-husband um, because a lot of people are confused with Chris and I's relationship and I and I support everything that Chris does and when he did his podcast I was like and he was talking to me about it, he's like you know we may have you on one day and I was like I don't know if that's a good idea because people don't understand us <laughs> so um, and Chris is always pushing the envelope and I heard you guys podcast and I'm like this is something that I would like to do. Okay. So um, we're also going to say that I, or I'm also going to say that I have been trying to get you, right? I know. Since December. Since probably, I know. Yeah, December we first talked about it. But good things come to those who wait, right? Um, and um, do you mind if I ask how old you are? 43. 43. 43 with three kids. Yes. Okay. And you don't look like 43 with three kids, right? Aw, thank you. Okay, good. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, so uh, the first question I'm going to ask you um, is, how did you guys meet? Because oh, wow. <laughs> we have heard Chris's story about how you've met. Um, and he says that you say something different and have been saying something different um, since the beginning. So... I want to give you a chance to tell your side. Okay. So first I must say that the only reason I said something different is because we met on the internet. And when we met in two, uh, 1998, um, it was still taboo. People didn't really meet on the internet. It wasn't really accepted. So I didn't want to answer all the questions that came along with that. So um, we made up a story. <laughs> But now if someone asks me, I definitely say, we met remember, on the internet. <laughs> do you remember the site? Um, Black, Black Planet. Black Planet. Okay, go ahead. Or Black Voices. I think I met him on Black Voices. I actually met someone before him. And Chris, let me tell you this story. This is funny. <laughs> go ahead. I love it. So, I haven't gotten into it yet, and I love it. Go. So Chris reached out to me on a networking site, which I thought was a networking site, but Chris thought it was a dating site. <laughs> So he reaches out to me and he tries to engage me in conversation and he had, he was a good looking man, obviously. I'm so picky. I'm a little bit, I used to be more materialistic and one of the pictures Chris had on, his Tim's looked a little bit dirty <laughs> and I was so superficial. I was like, no. So, so the Tim's is a New York thing or a Northeast regional thing. Your Tim's need to be crispy all the crispy time. Crispy all the time. And listen, I'm in, and I grew up in that. So, and I'm like, what's going on? So, um, didn't talk to him. It just ignored him. Did he and have then, dreads at that time? I'm sorry, what? Did he have dreads at that time? No. Okay. He did not. Um, he must have just cut him off. Cut him off. He must have started Wall Street around that time. And then. I joined another, um, I think it was Black, so that was probably Black Voices, and I joined Black Planet like a year later, and he um, sent me a message on there, and I opened the messages, and I started looking at the pictures, I'm like, he's really handsome, and I didn't realize until I got to a certain picture with the Tim's on again, that this is the guy that tried to talk to me on another <laughs> site. 
<laughs> but for whatever reason, I said, I'm going to engage. And it was history from there. Like, honestly, we kept talking. And this is when we had uh, pagers, you know, the beepers. So we started beeping each other and calling each other and talking all the time. And um, I had a friend that I originally met on the site from, um, that was in Cancun, Mexico. Um, I met him, he was, a, I was dating him for Cornell. And I was talking to him. He's like, you need to meet him. And I never met anyone offline. Like this did not happen back then. And I had a friend come with me. We just never stopped. And, and how old were you then? 2022, 20, 23, 22. And, and you were living in Connecticut at the time, correct? Yes. And he was living in New York. Yep. And you guys were commuting back and forth. Only I was commuting. Chris did not drive. You don't want to know the story about Chris driving. <laughs> uh, so now I do want to hear a story about Chris driving. No, you don't. Yes, I do. So, well, that's fast forward because so <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> uh, Chris never thought he needed his license. He's a Brooklyn boy who took the subway, and and you know he's like, I'm gonna this, I'm gonna live in Brooklyn, die in Brooklyn, right? It, it, so much happened in between. I lived in Brooklyn when we finally moved to Connecticut. He tried to get his license. He must have failed like, um, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm gonna embarrass you like five times. Go ahead, that's all right. And every time he came from his test, I thought he was joking. He had that look on his face. I'm like, he didn't fail again. There's no way he failed again. But he failed like five times. <laughs> and how long were y'all dating before y'all moved in together? Or oh, wow. Um, we were only dating like, uh, I would say, less than a year before I got pregnant. Y'all were dating less than a year before you got pregnant. Were way you, less than a year. Were you trying to get pregnant? Oh, heck no. So, so were, were you actively not trying to get pregnant? Um, I was on birth control and I happened to switch brands. Actually, I didn't even switch because I had a lapse in um, health insurance and a friend of mine had like two to three extra packs of birth control. And she's like, I'm going to give them to you. So I didn't stop taking them, but I switched brands. So I thought I was good. It's so funny because I, I was never supposed to get pregnant um, I wasn't very fertile, you know, like I was just very, like my doctor told me, I don't even know how you got pregnant. Um, but anyhow, Chris and I decided not to date anymore before I even knew I was pregnant. So he, the night before I found out I was pregnant, we had a phone conversation. He said, I don't think this is going to work out between you and I. And how and, long have y'all been dating at that time? Oh gosh. I want to say like, I'm, I'm drawing like, it has to be like six months, maybe seven months. I don't even know. So it was six, not that long. So six months you're together. Um, you guys have a conversation. We don't think this is going to work out. And then you find out you're pregnant. The next day. The next day you found out you were pregnant. How did you find out? So, um, like I said, I was very irregular. So I, it was nothing new to me. I didn't, my best friend was forcing me. She's like, did you take a pregnancy test? I said, yes. I said, I'm very late. She says, you need to take another one. And her, uh, her, her, uh, her cousin actually worked in an OBGYN um, office. So she brought me another test. I said, this is like my 10th test. They were all negative. She's like, no, you're going to take it. So I took it and I looked at it. It was negative. I threw it in the garbage. I said, I told you I'm not pregnant. And I walked away. 
She comes running after me like two minutes later, you're pregnant. I was like, what? She was like, look, you're pregnant. And I looked at it, sure enough, positive. So you threw it in the garbage? And I threw it in the garbage because I, I took already like 10 tests. So you and took it but didn't look at it and threw it in the garbage? Or I looked at it briefly, threw it in the garbage. I was like, it's another negative test. I'm not pregnant. I was like, I'm not regular. I'm not fertile. And my doctor told me it's going to be hard for me to get pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I'm so on birth control. I'm good. <laughs> so how did you break the news to uh, your ex-boyfriend at the time that uh, you were pregnant? And he was never my boyfriend. That's the funny thing. <laughs> we had a sexual relationship. Um, I was too wild back then. Chris was just not. He was like, no, you're just too all over the place. I, I can't see myself with you. So um, when I found out I was pregnant, I didn't call him right away. Um, my best friend, who knows me obviously very well, she said, let's take a drive. And so my nickname's Nina. She's like, Nina, let's go on a drive. And we're just going to think about this and see, and, and what do you want to do? So we took a drive and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to tell Chris. He, he doesn't want to talk. He told me yesterday, last night, he doesn't want nothing to do with me, but I'm just going to tell him. So I um, sent him, I, I beeped him. So his, his pager went off. Here's the, he'll, he'll tell you this. His pager went off and he said to me, this girl's pregnant. <laughs> he said to no, he was with his cousin. And he said, she's pregnant. And he gets to a phone, he calls me back. And I said, Chris, I don't, I just want to tell you that I'm pregnant. And is that when you guys decided to get back together? No, but here, so I didn't know what I was going to do when I told, and here's, this is why, this is why I love Chris and I will always love Chris. When I told him I was pregnant, he said to me, even though he didn't want to be with me, he, I was not girlfriend material at all at the time, very unstable. And he said to me, so what are we going to do? That's nice. He left it up to you. What, but he said, what are we going to do? He didn't say, what are you going to do? Or you need to handle this. He said, oh, what are we going to do? And at, when he said that, I, I knew right away I was keeping it. And that was it. I said, I don't know what's going to happen between you and I, but I'm going to keep it. So then how did you get to the point where you guys got back together? So um, <laughs> I was finishing up college um, my last semester. And... Um, we were talking about, you know, he would come visit me periodically and I, he still lived with his parents. And it was very, obviously very expensive to move from Connecticut to New York. And Chris is a Brooklyn boy, like I said, never thought he would come here. Um, but he said, you know what, after you have the baby, you talk to his parents, you should move to Brooklyn. And that's what happened. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't even really together. That's the funny thing. We, we didn't have a solid relationship. There was nothing like, it was all about parenting and being there for our child and being together. There was, him and I were very shaky, nothing solid. Were you living together? No, the whole pregnancy, I lived in Connecticut. I worked in Connecticut. I lived with a friend. I, the, the day I gave birth, I was obviously in Connecticut. When I was discharged from the hospital, Chris was there with me the whole time. We took the baby home, got everything ready, and moved right to Brooklyn. And then you lived together in Brooklyn? And with his parents, yes. 
And how long did you live together with his parents? Like a year. What was that like? <laughs> Crazy. Well, listen, I, I, so, oh my gosh, so many levels, Dave. That's why I tell you, like, this is crazy. Um, it was crazy. So, <laughs> can you imagine? So, it, it was me and Chris and our, and our child, our newborn, and then it's his mother and father, and then his youngest sister and brother. And I did not get along with his sister at all. So, his youngest sister is... Nia, not Nia. Andrea. Andrea. Andy. Yes. Yes, Andy. We did not get along. No. At all. <laughs> I can't even put it nicely. So this is that just goes to show, right? That um some people are great with some people, and then those same people who are great with some people are not so good with other people. Because well, I was I was a mess back then. I was a mess back then. And um and Andrea was really involved in Christopher's life. She wanted the best for him. And back then, you don't see it like that. You're young, you're immature. And I saw her as being nosy. So, so, so give me an example. When you say you were a mess, give me I was an a example mess. of you being a mess. Give me an example. A <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not very social, and I'm still not. Like, I still, it's funny, because if someone meets me, like, they think I'm the social butterfly, I'm the life of the party. I'm really not. I'd rather be by myself or with really close friends or with my family. Um, and so Chris has a very big family, huge. The West Indians, they, they celebrate all the holidays and the parties. And I'm used to that from being Latina, but it was on another level. It was very family oriented, which I'm not used to. So, my family's very spread out and not close. So, um on that note, right, um, I remember when we did our episode on foster care, I remember that you commented something about that. Um, and uh, do you remember that you, you left a comment on the page? I probably so. That, that, that episode really touched me. Okay. Why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about that? So um, my mom and father had a very rough um, relationship. They were only together until I was about three. I don't have um, a lot of memories with them together. However, I was told a lot of stories. And um, uh, my mother eventually, when I was probably like five years old, got addicted to heroin. Um, so she was a drug addict. And it affected my life on so many levels. Um, and to the point that I ended up in foster care. And so that has to affect you, right? So... You, yes, you yes. think it, and, and, and I have to say, and now that I'm growing, I, I'm, I'm grateful and I feel like, wow, like I would have never been the person I am. I'm so resilient. I'm able to talk about stuff. I can never, you know, but, but back then being young with, when I met Chris, I had no concept and no idea what a healthy relationship is. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it looked like, mm -hmm. you know? So I played a lot of games. I mimicked what I saw from my mother who, my mother had many boyfriends a lot of bad relationships. Um, so I, I didn't know how to be healthy. And I wasn't. I wasn't healthy at all. I played a lot of games. And um, I didn't know how to express myself. And I didn't know how to be around family. I didn't trust a lot of people. Did you work while you were in Brooklyn? or did I did not. Yeah, you just stayed home and take care of the well, baby? I did, and I tried to look for work. However, um, I'm a social worker. 
I couldn't find anything in Brooklyn that would pay me anything that was worth going to work for and leaving my baby at home. Okay. So Chris was working on Wall Street at the time and trying to make ends meet. And I think he ended up working for Morgan Stanley before we left. Um, but we were struggling. <laughs> okay. Um, and when you look at, or when you were there and you see um, Chris's family together with mom and dad there, you know, um, did you have any feelings like about that? Cause you talked about it a little bit where you said, you know, it was big on family and all the holidays and all that other sort of stuff. Did you feel a certain way about that at all? That, you know, here he is, he's got his family, everybody's here, mom and dad is here. And, you know, maybe that's not, you know, what was going on or happening for me at my house or my family. Well, the funny thing is, so I, I had a rough life, but I had bits and pieces of family. Mm -hmm. So there were times in my life that I was very, very um, united with my family. And we had the traditional Puerto Rican parties and birthdays. And so I knew what it was like to be around family. Mm -hmm. But I, I was a little uncomfortable because um, they showed a, a certain level of happiness that I was uncomfortable with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I really connected with Chris's father. So, and, so, so now let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a funny story now. Yeah, go ahead. So Chris's dad is a wonderful guy. He was a wonderful man, right? But let me tell you, he loved the ladies, right? <laughs> he always treated women very nice. So I remember one year I came over there um, with my girlfriend at the time for Christmas, right? Oh, wow. It was a Christmas or Thanksgiving or Labor Day or some holiday. I don't remember exactly what it was, right? But I remember we walked in late and there was no more rice. And the girlfriend I was dating at the time was Jamaican, right? So I remember I went up and I said, there's no more rice, you ain't got no more rice? And dad was like, yeah, man, we ain't got no rice, man. You should have got here on time, right? <laughs> and then my girlfriend, when she got her plate, she was like, oh, there's no more rice, where's the rice? And dad said, oh, don't worry about it. I'm gonna make some right now. And dad stood there in the kitchen, Making rice, right? Wayne? Huh? Wayne? Is that what you, is that, was that his first, I just called him dad. Oh, Wayne, yes. Yeah. So, I cannot picture Wayne making rice for anybody. I'm telling you that dad was standing at the stove making rice. He figured out a way to find some rice and make that rice, okay? I saw it and I was, I kept my mouth shut. I want pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so, um, if we, I want to move on to, um, you know, how you guys got like to where you are. And you should tell as much as you want and then don't tell as much as you don't want. If it doesn't I'm very, matter, yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, you guys are together, you know, um, you got one kid, you move back to Connecticut is why well, I'm fast forwarding. Right. But you move back to Connecticut. Um, how soon after that you had another kid? You, you, your first is 19 now, right? Yeah. So. The middle one is how old now? Uh, uh, 13, going to be 14 this summer. 13, 14. So uh, uh, five years later, you have another, right? And then the yep. youngest one is? Uh, 11, going to be 12 next month. All right. So, you know, uh, three or four years later, you have another, right? You know, you, you got, uh, you, you got a, a house, you know, you got three kids, right? Did you guys get a dog? Uh, no, we wanted to, did not. 
Oh, you didn't get a dog. No. Uh, you got a car. Um, you got a, a fence going around the house, right? <laughs> just in a cul-de-sac or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, and people look at this, right? You know, and they say to themselves, you know, okay, you know, things are wonderful if you're on the outside looking in. But how did you get to where you are, meaning deciding that, okay, this is not going to work um, and we need to go our separate ways? So first of all, you mentioned like going from one kid to the next. So obviously the first one we did not plan and um, Chris did not love me after our first kid. And I always tell people having a, a kid is not going to change anything. Well, why do you say that? That he didn't love oh, he did, oh, he did not love me. No way. <laughs> he didn't even know if he wanted to be with me. Okay. So we moved together for our child to try to make things work for our child. And so I would be. So you're saying it was rocky the entire time, even with a child. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there's no way that I thought that having our child was going to make him be in love with me. Like he did not, he did not love me. He was not in love with me. He supported me and we wanted the best for our daughter. And that was it. Um, so things went really rocky after World Trade Center and I decided to return back to Connecticut. Chris's mother told him, you need to follow her. So Chris followed me back to Connecticut. And for four years, we just worked things out, barely. We were so screwed up. Would you say it was borderline toxic? Very toxic, very toxic. But how much of that, so when you hear about Hispanic culture, right, you hear that it's spicy, right? That they yeah. are, so what was that movie? What was, oh my goodness, what was that movie where uh, what was what? No, no, where the guy is supposed to be delivering the package, he delivers it to the wrong house, and the girl is there with the guy, they got the cocaine in the house, and she's going to fuck off on Oh, that. wait, I know that. Uh, air mail or whatever else it was. Yeah. Right? With, with phase on, right? Um, and she's going to fuck off on him. And I remember I was dating a, um, a Dominican woman at the time, right? And she's going to fuck off on him. Fuck shit. She goes downstairs. She calls on the phone. <laughs> comes back up. He's talking about they're getting ready to kill him. The fuck you doing? No, what the fuck you doing? And then she starts lighting candles and praying for him. And I turned to the girlfriend that I had at the time. And I said, she just finished cussing this motherfucker out. And now she's fucking lighting candles and praying for his ass. And I thought, that's the way it is. Right, that the, the 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 Hispanic culture it's spicy, but at the end of the day, you know, there's love. Are you telling me I'm wrong? No, you're very right. And the thing is, if you're damaged and you have a, you know, a very trauma, you know, a lot of trauma, um, a very traumatic, a traumatic childhood, um, you carry that, and plus you carry in that that passion, which is misinterpreted sometimes. So there are often times I would argue with Chris and I was overboard, but I expected him to forget. So I would act out and then just be like, I'm over it. And he should get over it too. He, and you should get over it. I was, listen, I'm good now, you know? Be quiet, it's all good now. Let's have sex, you know? Let's, you know, let's cuddle. And he's like, what? So. Bitch? So, so then you get pregnant again. And what are you saying to yourself? We now? actually planned the second child. You planned the second child. So by this point, so I said four years, more like three years, we were just very rocky. Um, and it came to a point that 
after our first apartment, we got another apartment, like was in a two family home and he got a good, a decent job. And we were, my daughter was kind of acted out in school and had a little more needs. And I decided I'll stay home. And I told him, I want another child. And he said, okay. At this point, I don't even think he ever told me he loved me. When did he tell me he loved me? That's funny. Because I, I want to say that he told me he loved me when I gave birth to our second child. It was around that time, though. And that's when everything changed for us. I don't know what it was, but things just started to change for us. And, we, and I feel like we were on the same page. And he told me he loved me. And, I, and, 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 and we were like, we wanted to plan a family. And I couldn't believe that we went from what we were, just trying to co-parent, to saying that we loved each other and we want to plan a family and we want to get married. So y'all weren't married at the time? Oh, heck no. When did y'all actually get married? We got married um, when my daughter was five. When your first daughter my was My first daughter was five, yes. Did he propose? He did. did the he most awful proposal ever. <laughs> ever. Tell me about it. What? So... It, so my, it was my, our first daughter's third, third, third birthday party. Did Andy come? She did. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Couldn't stand her. <laughs> Couldn't stand her. Um, so he, so my daughter got a bunch of gifts and I'm opening the gifts and, and sorting through them and running back and forth. I even ran out to get a pizza. I came back and we're like throwing out the garbage. So he pretends to be going through the garbage and he says, you forgot something. He's like, did you mean to throw this out? And he, op and he gives me this box. I open it. It's a, a ring, a very nice ring. And he says, I don't even know what he says. Will you marry me? I'm like, you put our, my engagement ring in a freaking garbage? You, you're setting us up for failure. Okay. All right. It sounds nice to me, but you know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How so, Dave? How so? You know, I mean, you didn't expect it. You didn't know it was coming. Did you have any idea it was coming? I did not, but should you put your your engagement ring in a garbage? I don't think it was actually in the garbage. but It really was, yeah. All right, All right. okay. So, you said yes? And I did. <laughs> okay. Right. I was in love. And then you guys get married. Where did you get married? Was it a big wedding? A really big wedding. A really big wedding. Really big wedding. Actually, um, all, everyone that went said it was like one of the best parties, best weddings they ever went to. It was like, and that's what we always say. We can't regret it. It was one of the best parties ever. And where in Connecticut or Brooklyn? It was in Connecticut in West Hartford. So we got married in a non-dominational um, church, and then we got married. And then our reception was at my godparents' house, who are really well off and have a huge. Um, house and lawn so we had the whole dj booth and a good caterer and a whole tent set up beautiful beautiful okay and and then you got pregnant and then i got pregnant right away <laughs> and, that, and that's your second and that's our second and then things were smooth between then and the third. well we went to our fertility specialist for her for the second for the second okay all right and then after we had the second we're like you know what? Maybe we should have one more. And like, we waited so long in between the first and the second, maybe we should do it, you know, have so, you know, our babies closer this time. So we went for the third and then our doctor of course told me I can't get pregnant without the help. 
went straight back to um, fertility specialist and we started the cycle and I, I was so anxious. I was um, on a fertility board support group and I decided to try the natural soy method. And I tried that and got pregnant without the specialist. And, and it was almost a failed attempt because um, I got pregnant on, on my daughter's first birth, on my second daughter's first birthday party. Um, I found out I was pregnant with our third. And the doctor's like, you're not going to have, you're going to abort, you're going to miscarriage. Um, and I was so, so they put me on, you know, um, progesterone and all kind of supplements. And they're like, he's like, I can't save this baby. You're going to miscarriage. But we had her. <laughs> and things were good in between the second and the third? Um, a little rocky, but not bad. Okay. Not and, bad. All right. And now you have three kids. You know, um, things look nice. They're not great, but things look nice. Yeah. When does it get to the point where um, somebody says, all right, this is not working anymore? Well, right. you know, I'm, I'm very emotional and I, and I, and I, like I said, I carry that scar from when I was, um, a child. So I always feel a hole in my heart and a, and a, and a hole inside of me. And Chris could never, it's not, he can never feel that. That's my personal problem. Right. And, um, okay. So Chris couldn't feel it. Um, three kids couldn't feel it. No. Um, what do you think it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that you're still working on it now. What do you what, what do you think it's going to take to fill it? So it, it it's a lot. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly, um, you know, I'm always trying to better myself because I realize I have three little people looking up to me. Right? I'm not perfect. I always want to be transparent with them, but I want to be healthy. And I realize I have a lot of scars. You know, I have a lot that I went through. And I, and I, so for me, it's always just trying to channel it into something healthy, whether it's therapy, talking to somebody, exercise, work, but Chris could, Chris could never feel that. Never. And I always, and I always, I always blamed him, you know? Okay. That's, that's healthy of you though, that you, you recognize that. But he's not easy though. Don't let him fool you. So yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> not easy. Um, so yeah, that, so, so when was it that a decision was made and, and if you let Chris tell it, it came from you. It did. Yeah. What was this, what, what was the catalyst that, 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 because, you know, um, you know, people often think about going their separate ways a long time before they actually end up going their separate ways. Right. You know, people say to themselves, you know, you say two years, is that what you're saying? Two years. Two years you thought about this, right? Yep. Um, what was the difficulty? And I'm going to ask you, you talked a lot about yourself, right? You talked a lot about how this is what was difficult for you. You know, this is the things that you needed to work on. These are the things you recognized about yourself. Um, what are some of the things, I guess, you recognized about um, uh, Chris that just didn't work for you? And this doesn't make him a bad person. No. That that doesn't work for you. And so first of all, I have to say, this is why we didn't have the conversation um, a couple months ago and then before that, because Chris and I have falling outs, right? Because we're really good friends. But when we get too close, we realize why we divorced, right? So when you and I were supposed to have this first interview and then second interview, him and I were just on the outs. 
And I love Chris enough to never talk about him when I'm angry. Okay. Good for right? you. Good for you. And so okay. I was, I didn't want to, I'm not there. I didn't, I, I didn't I'm wanna... not there though. I can't, I can't say that that's how I operate. Because uh, <laughs> if you ask me what's going on, I'm going to tell you what's going on. I don't know. Fuck, yo. But <laughs> hey, God bless no, you. No, I, I hear you. God so no. bless you. No, but listen, you, you're, you, you'll get there. And I understand, like, it's not like that with a lot of people. Um, it's not that we have a better relationship than anyone else. It's a little bit weird. And, and you know, it doesn't work for everyone. Um, my thing is, I can never, I knew that I could not do this interview when I was mad at Chris. Because I respect him. He respects me. And I always have his best interest at heart. And so I didn't want to say the wrong thing. So I said, I, I can't talk right now because I freaking want to kick his ass at the time. <laughs> Give us an example of something you want to kick his ass for. Okay, so um, our, our, our daughter Zoe is just oldest. not... The oldest. The, no, the middle child. Oh, the middle child, yeah. Very artistic. She is so talented. Like, it'll blow your mind what she does. And she's not, she's self-taught. She makes stuff that you wouldn't even believe that she makes from scratch. The thing is, she doesn't like academics. So we're always in school and meetings and um, Chris and I will come up with like a plan like, Chris, you monitor her, you know, her homework schedule and I'll be the one to always check up on her homework and correspond via email, whatever it may be. And He's so busy at work that sometimes he forgets about those things. So even when it's not my day, like I'm always checking up and I'm like, I feel like I have a fourth child where I'm like, Chris, did you do X, Y, Z? He was like, no, I'm in a meeting. No, I'm on a conference call. And so I get angry. That's fair. So um, what is co-parenting like for you and Chris? So I know that... um, um, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, he does four days and you do three days. What is that like? Like, And I hate when he says that because he honestly does not just... So, so let me tell you something, right? Tonight is Chris's night and I'm here with my kids because he went out. But we always flip-flop. Like it, we're so flexible. If Chris wants to go out, he can go out. If I want to go out, I can go out. If Chris has a business meeting... I'm all accommodated. I'm like, I'm good. And then I don't date right now. So if, if my kids want to stay extra night or two, I'm, I'll be like, Chris, I'm keeping the kids an extra night or two. Do you know? So we're technically on paper and we didn't have to go. We went through a, you know, a mediation lawyer. Everything was really copacetic, very like smooth with us. Um, there's never a problem with our co-parenting. Okay. All right. Um, tough question now. You ready? Give it to me. Okay. Where's the hard question? Give it to me. All right. All right. Money. Yeah. Money situation like. Now, when I say that, I mean, when you do co-parenting, you also got to co-parent money, right? I pay for this. You pay for that. I pay for this. You pay for that. What's that like? (laughs) Ooh. Some pause. I like that. Uh, so, so Chris makes more than money than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, Chris is a financial advisor. 
He's, he actually manages my retirement. Very smart, very good at what he does. And we, we go through battles sometimes, but Chris is very responsible and he loves his kids. The thing is, he doesn't understand like about hair products, getting their hair done. You know, they may need an alpha for this, alpha for that. So I tend to pick that up and I'm like, dude, you know, like we should be sharing this, but he's not, I have to, Chris is not a greedy person. If Chris has it, he's going to give it to you, you know? And I have to say that about him. Like he, he's not a selfish person. He gets on my nerves with money sometimes. Not going to get you wrong, but if he has it, he's going to give it to you. So y'all work that out. It's not we, the greatest what you're saying is. It's not the great. He gets on my nerves sometimes. Like, do you understand? I just bought your daughter a jacket. I just bought a coat. I just got her hair done. Um, I'm very more in tune with the um, material stuff where to him it's not that important. Okay. So okay. he doesn't get that. But with money, um, if he has it, he's going to give it to you. Okay. All right. Um, and people say that y'all have a weird relationship. Really weird. Yeah. Tell me what that means. Um, <laughs> so, so no, but, but wait, I don't want you to tell me what it means from your perspective. I want you to tell me what it means from people, from what you've heard from people on the outside looking in. So people say that um, him and I should still be together. Um, they look at us, they say, well, I don't understand why you guys aren't together. So I said that, right? And you did? I said that, right? Why? Well, because there was a time when, um, uh, this was last year, I don't remember exactly when, but uh, the DMX challenge was out, right? Oh, yes. And, and I used that song on one of our episodes, right? And Chris says to me, yeah, I just finished helping my ex-wife with her uh, uh, DMX challenge. You should put that on your podcast. It was really said, cute. And I said, excuse me? And he said, yeah, I was helping her with a DMX challenge. And I said... Y'all bumping uglies, ain't y'all? Y'all gotta be bumping uglies. There's no way in the world that I'm helping my baby mama with her DMX challenge. Silence. I love it. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, I don't know what to say because it, there's nothing sexual between us. Um, we still flirt very innocently. Um, we'll still go to the hot tub together with my friend down the street. It's I'm really sorry, weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. It's so weird. Y'all still do what? We'll still go to the hot tub down the street, my friend's house and have some drinks and hang out and Y'all I'll twer- and I'll twerk in his face. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Y'all in the hot tub together. You should have us on together and I'll twerk in his face right now. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, here's the thing, right? Because it's never been a sexual problem between Chris and I, like never, like that's always been great. Um, the disconnect was because Chris, he works so much and he wasn't home enough for me and and he wasn't attentive enough. And, 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 and what was important to me in my house was not important to him or so I felt, but sex was never a problem. But once I decided that it wasn't enough for me and I didn't feel heard, I didn't feel emotionally connected, then I 
I stopped the sex. And that never came back for me. And people don't understand that. Because Chris is very good looking. He's very, very, um, you met him. Like, you're a man, though. But, like, you know, like, women love Chris. And they just, and him and I together are just a different dynamic. So, um, one of the questions um, on our DILF episode Mm -hmm. was um, people wanted to know, would you still have uh, sex if the opportunity presented itself with your co-parent? Did you hear his answer? Oh, I did not. No, what? please tell me it. I absolutely will not. You need to go and listen for yourself. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Um, another tough question. Uh, Chris has often said that, um, and, and this is not a judgment, right? Okay. Okay. That there are some people or some women who are just not, uh, um, who, who are just not cut out to be a CEO's wife. Have you Ooh. Ooh, what? Okay, you haven't heard him say that. I have not. Okay, he said it on the episodes. He said it on some, some of the episodes. Oh, I, need, I need to catch up. Yeah, um, and by that, what he means is that I am working, and I'm speaking, you know, for myself, Oh, I'm, not, I'm speaking the way he speaks, right? And I mm-hmm. feel this way also myself sometimes. Okay. I am working. I am working so that we can live the lifestyle that you would like to live, right? You know, um, um, you want to live in, you know, Harlem. You know, it ain't cheap to live in Harlem no more. Um, you know, you like a new pair of shoes and a new bag every now and then, right? You like to go on trips, you know, two or three times a year. We take a vacation and it's just me and you and we skate off to Miami or whatever else it is for an extra long weekend. And all of that stuff requires me to work. So if I'm going to work, there needs to be some understanding that I am working in order to produce this lifestyle, right? There's a, there's a floor, there's a basement, a minimum that I have to do. Okay. Uh, do you agree with that? Or do you think that, uh, you know, um, I don't know, maybe that that's a cop out. Do you really want my answer? I want your honest answer. Okay, so I totally agree with what you just said. However, that's not my situation with Chris. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. That's not my situation with Chris. I I totally support... um, How can I put this? I totally support people... um, a man who who has a job that will take him away from family if he's if he's doing what he needs to do to support his family and put them in a better position and i always told chris that because we talked about him doing like um other positions that require for him to be away from home i've never been the person that said no so i could I don't know where that would come from. Like, honestly, I won't even speak on it, how I couldn't be a CEO's wife, because I, I don't know. If I presented that way in the past, I can't even speak on it. I don't see it. Okay, and that's fair. Again, it's not a judgment, right? No, I understand. I, just, I, didn't, I would love to hear how he said that in the conversation. So, um, yes, let's speak to that a little bit, right? And when I say that, I mean the idea that um, 
we wanted to have our co-parents on. Um, I'm dying to get my uh, son's mother up here. I just don't see her doing it anytime. Why? Um, she, I, I just don't see her doing it. I think that's just, um, I don't know. I can't even say why she wouldn't besides the fact that, uh, you know, um, because it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's I, hard. It's hard. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to say that you, this podcast is amazing. I love the content. I love the whole idea behind it. Um, there's so much that comes with, you know, co-parenting your soul bearing your soul and it's a lot so I, I i understand maybe where she's coming from so okay all right um so you're a single woman right unfortunately unfortunately um uh mama's holding it together right most of the time most of the time yeah how's dating sucks <laughs> um, are you an online dater or are you a, uh, I prefer to meet people in person? I never go out. So people think I'm always out. People are always like, so I, I'm on a social media break. I haven't been on social media for like a month and I don't miss it. It's so toxic. It's so fraudulent. It, I, it just makes me sick. And it's like, I realized like I need to get off. So I got off, but so I, 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 I'm, people when I was on social media think that I'm this, and they always have this perception when they see me, when they meet me, that I'm this outgoing, always out partying type of chick. But I'm the total opposite. I'm like the girl at home cleaning, cooking, planning, organizing, staying up all night with anxiety, you know. I, but when I go out, I do have a good time. But I don't go out often enough. So I to answer in a long about answer i i'm an online dater online dater online dating okay it sucks all right um and uh do you have a type besides chris i totally have a type and chris is not my type what do you mean by that no he's not you said he was a handsome guy he's amazing he's gorgeous um good looking smart intelligent nice body <laughs> i don't want to all right. All the ladies, no okay. disappointment, but beneath, well endowed. Okay. All right. But but no, he's he's not my typical type. He's not your typical type. No, right. not at all. all right. Um, and uh, if you had to look back on your um uh first dating, and then marriage, and then subsequent um you know breakup, divorce. Um, with Chris, which has been going on now for at least 20 years, right? Yes. And you looked back on it, right? What would you tell your younger self? My younger self? Yes. Whew. That's a deep one, Dave. Wow, Jesus. I said, we're not pulling any punches here. Um, my young, what would I tell my younger self? I had to look back on our, on our dating life with Chris. Or, or just looking back on your life period over the past 20 years, what would you say? Would you say anything different to yourself? Would you try anything different? Would you have done anything any different? Absolutely. If you ask me that way, not specifically about Chris, I would say to work on yourself first and love yourself 
before you try to love somebody else. Okay. Um, So that's about you. Now, about your dating life with Chris. Um, Chris. I, uh, gosh. Um, with Chris, I would just say that (laughs) I should have realized, you know what the funny thing is? Here's what I'm going to tell you. You might get mad. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, When I first went to meet him, his cousin was there, who's deceased right now. I love him. Rest in peace, Kenny. I love you. Miss you. Um, Kenny, his cousin, um, came up to me and told me, he was like, Nina, um, you're going to be disappointed with Chris. (laughs) And I said, why? He said, you're far, I told you, I, I misconception, you're far too outgoing. Chris is not outgoing. He likes to stay home. He does not go out. He said, run. <laughs> and honestly, one of our biggest problems in our relationship is the fact that Chris stays home too much and he never wants to do anything. He's so busy during the work week He's so busy socializing, networking. He doesn't want to do things on the weekends or on his off time. And that's what you need. And that ultimately, not, it's not the only thing, but it, it plays into the, the reason that I decided to divorce him. Okay. All right. All right. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? I'd like to say that <laughs> um, if I could take, and this is funny, like I asked women this, you know, when, my, when I was getting divorced with Chris, right? Um, we, you have to do parenting classes. Mm-hmm. And the counselor told me, she said, you're always going to doubt your decision, right? It's normal to, to doubt if you made the right decision. It took me two years to be okay with wanting to divorce Chris. The only reason I decided to finally walk away was my brother, who I love and adore him so much. We're so close. He said, Nina, I understand you have three kids. It's gonna be hard for you to get back out there and meet somebody, which absolutely, look at me now. Chris and I have been divorced for how many years? I'm still single. So he was right. It's gonna be hard for you to find someone else. He said, however, Nina, I don't want you, you're still young, to live the rest of your life and not be in love. And that gave me the permission to let go of Chris. Do you want to be married again? No. Do you want to be in a long-term relationship? Yes. Okay. So I just want to say thank you. We appreciate you, right? Aw. Great job. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?